This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Oh, boy. What's up, Dad? You know what? Every time I try to find something new, it's the same old podcast. They talk about the same things over and over and over. I just need something different. Well, looking at everything in your man cave, you have a lot of love for comic books and all types of retro things. I think I have the perfect podcast for you. What? Have you ever heard of the Ken Air podcast? They cover comic books, old and new. They even cover pop culture. Yeah, you know what? I heard of them, but I don't think I ever really checked them out. They even interview famous people. Can you believe they have the career of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on there? They have the guy from the Ghostbusters too. Oh, you got me sold. I'm most definitely going to have to listen to that. Check out Jeremy, Jack, and Randy on the Canned Air Podcast. Go to cannedairpodcast.com for more info or subscribe to them on iTunes and all other major podcasting apps. Hey, everybody, this is Matt Hill, and you are listening to the Canned Air Podcast. Cowbunga dudes! everyone and welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And we've got a special episode for you guys today uh, for many reasons. First of all, I wanted to point out that when the episode started, you may have heard that custom Candare commercial. And where that comes from is uh, my good friend, a good friend of ours, yeah. a good friend of mine, Harold Daniel, and uh, his daughter, Bethany put that together for us. And they came out to Torg, uh, Torg Convention, Gaming Expo, mm-hmm. while we were uh, manning the booth. And they got to uh, come back and hang out with us in our booth for a good part of the day, which was awesome to have both of them there. And I believe this was Bethany's, uh, his daughter's first convention. Was it? Okay. okay. And uh, she, like your children, had an amazing time. Like, I guess uh, she just kept going on to him about the convention, you know. But afterwards, she asked her dad, asked Harold, <laughs> can we record something for them? She, this was her idea. That commercial was Bethany's idea. That's so awesome. And Harold's like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's make it happen. So I just want to thank them so much for doing that. Uh, and uh, Bethany, I got to say something. You have talent behind the microphone, it sounds like. You may kick me out of this chair. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> you may replace our Randy. <laughs> but I mean that. I, I really, We all really appreciate that commercial. And I've seen her uh, drawings, too. She's great at drawing. So I th- think she wants to draw comics. And I told her at the convention... Because she had asked, you know, someday when, you know, I get my comic, I think she's doing an anime comic of some oh, okay. kind. okay, okay. If she could come on the show, and I said, oh, she's hell yeah. always welcome. So, yeah. especially after that awesome commercial. Come Absolutely. on. Absolutely. So, again, big thanks to her and uh, Harold 
so much for one coming out and the commercial. And with that, let's get on with this episode. Uh, we got an, a great one. It's, you know, we always talk about meeting our heroes and kind of like the the hesitation and stuff. And Matt Hill is just an amazing guy. And an amazing guy all the way around. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. And uh, one of those people who's just over the top appreciative of his fan base, excited to talk to his fans. He's not, you know, not just doing it to appease a publicist right, right. or something. He wants to talk to you, as you'll soon hear. But. Uh, if, if you don't know who Matt Hill is, he uh, voiced uh, Soren from My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, uh, Tenderheart from the Care Bears. Uh, he was inside the Raphael suit in the third Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie, and he voiced Raphael in uh, Ninja Turtles The Next Mutation, I believe it was on Fox. Mm-hmm. But he's also known as Kevin Keane, Captain N, the Game Master, that cartoon from the, uh, from the late 80s, early 90s, which came at like the pinnacle of Nintendo popularity. Oh yeah, oh yeah. What a pivotal point in video game history, right? But Ed, Ed with one Ed, D, yes, and single Ed, D Ed, single D Ed, and Ed, Ed and Eddie. Yes, once again, we welcome Matt Hill to the show, and uh, I don't want to go on too much about the conversation more so than we already have because <laughs> it was just it was just so much fun. He has a lot to say. We just want to hear you guys to hear it from his mouth. But as you know, before we start these things, we have to go through the rigmarole of telling you to find us on Twitter at CandAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you go to CandAirPodcast.com, that website Bethany just pointed out to you at the top of the episode, you can find uh, many different things on there, ways to listen to us. Uh, what else? The past episodes. Past but, episodes. Uh, uh, the traumatic episode where we talk about a... Uh, that's on our Patreon, but there's oh, a link to that. Just kidding. There's a link to that on our website that goes to our Patreon where you can uh, 5 to $10 a month get you access to hours upon hours upon hours of uh, content you haven't heard. It's it's just, it's too good to be put out for free. Not that and this, too incriminating. And I, that's, that's probably more so where it lies. More so incriminating than too good. But yeah, if you're not getting enough canned air from the free stuff, this is where you go to get more. And there's also a, a merch tab on our website where you can uh, get t-shirts, mugs, and stickers and all kinds of stuff. Uh, that have our Kandar logo and even some uh, customized logos by uh, Joshua Bellis, good friend of the show and patron of the show. There's a Simpsons-themed one, a Ninja Turtle-themed one, a Star Wars-themed one, uh, uh, 80s like themed. the 80s, like, grocery bag, like, thank, yeah. you, thank you, thank you. All yeah. kinds of cool stuff on there. If you want to wear us on your shirt, that's where you're going to do it. And what else am I forgetting, Randy? Uh, go to evergreenpodcast.com, check out all the great shows and uh, us on there as well. There it is. And um, I think we're just going to stop flapping our gums. Yeah. I don't want to keep you guys from this one too long. So here's our conversation with Matt Hill. Matt, man, thank you so much for taking time to be here on the show with us. It's an honor to have you here, man. Thank you. Well, it is a uh, sweet, your big, sweet, bippy uh, honor to be on your show as well. And, uh, you know, just like our buddy Ed would say, uh, it's uh, it's like gravy. It's like buttered toast. It's like uh, a few of my other favorite things like chickens and maybe uh, <laughs> uh, many other things, gentlemen. So thanks for watching the show all these years. And uh, um, thanks for being on your podcast, too. It's, uh, it's great to be here. Oh, Phenomenal. Man. It, it's, it's rare like, that only a few seconds into an interview that you have your uh, hair on your arm standing up. Yeah, so, I'm <laughs> <fangirling> over here. <laughs> uh, well, because okay, so because can I ask how, like, what age group are you guys? Where, like, are you like uh, 30, 25, 20, 20, uh, 30? 30s. 30s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm in my 40s. 
Okay, so when you guys, so when Ed's were on, you guys were in elementary school though, or like high school? Um, yeah. What what year was that again? That, that was, was early nineties into two thousands. So yeah, I, yeah, I would have been in high yeah. school and graduating. Yeah, I was oh, middle okay. school. Right. I was I was the cartoon cartoon tsunami <gasps> generation. So cartoon cartoon Friday. I'll never forget saying that many times. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> oh. but you know what's wild, gentlemen? It's like when we did our run around North America. It was the it, it was the feedback loop from like the kids that we talked to that literally saved our bacon. Um, I mean, I know I'm jumping in wild, but uh, it was that <laughs> like it was that thing where I'd be like, "Hey guys, do you want to help save the planet with Ed?" And my partner's name is was Stephanie at the time, uh-huh. and uh, you'd have like two thousand kids and their teachers like lose their minds. <laughs> you know, they'd be like, "Oh my God, pick me, Ed, pick me!" Right? So you know. The power, so, though, so that has that, voicing know? a character, especially one uh, like that, that everyone, you know, holds so dear. What just hearing that voice come from you can do to those people. It's incredible. Oh, you know what? It's it's yes, you're you're bang on. It's uh, I always have been so grateful, you know, being able to say, you know, acting is my craft and it's what pays, you know, pays my way in the world or whatever. Right. So right. super grateful for that. But it, like I said, it was it wasn't until. I went out and say got invited to say you know um, animation conventions uh, and then our Run for One Planet tour right where it was consistently that instant feedback loop of people going like like I'm not kidding you that this show helped me get through my childhood you know right. helped me like realize that I have like Ed brothers as well and <laughs> we have a cul-de-sac that's just like your guys right and and uh, you know and and teachers that like would even come with like tears in their eyes and say, you know, I mean, I know it's a different show, but like with like the Ninja Turtles, you know, with like Raphael, you know, helping them like get over being bullied and, you know, and so like these like real time moments of people going like, thank you for, for, you know, doing these roles. And I was going like, thank you for giving me a great life, but you know, uh, yeah. So, you know, cause like as actors, we're, we're always really grateful to obviously keep working. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like, that's our job is okay. Get another gig. You know, you can put food and food on the table. And, you know, when I was able to go out and actually meet people face to face, that was like, I was like, that humbled me beyond humbled, you know? Cause, right. Uh, you yeah. Know, and I mean, uh, we're talking about Ed, Ed and Eddie, but you've had such an amazing career. And I mean, I know my first time ever hearing you was actually on Ronin Warriors where you played. Uh, Get Rio. out. Oh my God. <laughs> Only gig. First gig. I actually bled at a session. Cause like I had to scream, you know, a riot of the wildfire. It was just yeah. like, ah, Dude, was Chini or whatever. Yeah. 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 I, I actually want to see, you know, Boca Chini or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, but yeah, I've been, you know, been doing this game for a while. It's, uh, yeah. feel very grateful. You know, it's, uh, it's, yeah. So, um, you guys just ask questions and I'll just keep talking. You got it, I'll man. Just, you got I'll just it. go well, off on a diatribe. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I always like starting back, like when, uh, when people like yourself were young, you know, and looking online, I n- I'll not only find that, you know, you got interested in acting at a very young age, but also, uh, running at a very young age. So, you know, one, can you tell us just kind of what you were like as a kid growing up and what exactly was it that spurred your interest in running and into acting? Uh, great question. Cause those are literally running and, and acting have been my through lines my entire life. 
Right. Um, like my mom said, I, I arrived about a month early, um, you know, after giving her like a really tough pregnancy. So sorry, mom, <laughs> she's in heaven now, but, uh, um, but she said, I literally skipped crawling and went right to running the day that wow. she left the front door open on our house by accident. And, uh, oh, no. I was literally, I was like, I was gone. Right. And she's just like, Holy shit, where's my kid? Right. So you know, we, we lived in a town where, you know, they could call the cops and, you know, they're like, yep, no, we found him. He was on his way to the beach and, you know, he's sitting here having a nice day. On his way down. to the beach, too. You know what I mean? And, uh, oh, yeah. And uh, so, it, so the sort of like the run bug caught me really early because I just, I was just really excited to meet people and, you know, be out in the world. Um, and I don't know, I guess my legs were sort of whispering to my heart going like, Hey, let's take, you know, let's go over here and let's see what that is like over there. And, and so running was, was for me was kind of like my, it was like my, um, my anchor. Right. Okay. Um, you know, and I realized it's kind of been my best friend my whole life. And, you know, I mean, I'm 54 now and slower than slow, but that's not what it's about for me. Right. It's, it's about the sustainability of it. Sure. Um, you know, and I mean, I've even had to go through periods where I've just had to walk because, you know, I've, I've had an injury or, sure. you right. know, um, or, you know, some significant things that had to be like, okay, gear down there, turtle, <laughs> you know, <laughs> heal this thing before you can, you know, run forward or you'll, you know, like you'll run off cliffs and stuff. So, you know, sure. it's, uh, but yeah, I mean, so like that, the, the fire got lit early for the runs and luckily where we grew up in a town called Tawasson, which is like right on the U S border. Um, it was perfect because that was back before like Homeland security, you know, wouldn't sort of like let you into, we had a place called point Roberts, which is a little piece of America that just got cut when they, I guess when they, when they created the line Okay. and it was, it was beautiful because like I could literally run, you know, from my town and just like run loops around um, like Tawasson where I grew up. And then I would like get bored. So then I'd run loops around Point Roberts, you know, and just go through the, uh, what do you call it? Through the, um, through the forest. Right. You know, and the yeah. guard, just like, Oh, it's that kid. He's just running, whatever. <laughs> you know, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, and, and then uh, where I got interested in acting, interestingly enough, was, like actually really early on when I would be in Point Roberts because I knew like I knew where America was because for me that was my juxtaposition with it being like our next door neighbor right, right. in my in my town and I remember really early on going like I I really want to be an actor I don't know what I don't know where the thought came from I know like, like I used to watch the Partridge family that's how old I am oh man um remember those yeah remember that like, remember that family yeah. yeah dude I'm wearing a monkey's shirt come on Get out. <laughs> oh. I I totally dig that era of television yeah 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 so good stuff so that was the thing right it was like this sort of like I don't know the, the my first call to the hero's journey to be able to go, okay, you know what, maybe I could do something in this acting, you know, field. And first time I saw, um, well, we used, we used to have called monkey hour, um, after watching Donnie and Marie Osmond, that was, you know, that, so I was thinking like, uh, you know, I was hoping I could get a girlfriend that was like, you know, as, as cute as, as her. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, you know, so, so the acting bug got bit early and interestingly enough, then when I was 13, I decided, I, for some reason, I thought my life was half over already. I don't know why I thought it was half over, <laughs> but I, I made the decision then. I was like, you know, I'm, if I'm going to get this acting dream going, I got to get it going. And so uh, I I heard that um, there was an agency that actually has turned out to be my 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 only agency my whole career. Um, wow. <clears throat> 
I heard them, they, they were doing a radio commercial and saying, you know, the, you know, Vancouver film and television voiceover scene is, you know, taking off and we're looking for actors just like you. And I'm thinking like, oh my God, there's my agency. So They're talking to me. hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, this is, but that was the thing, right? Like I, cause I decided, I was like, okay, I'm doing this. I, I mean, thankfully I had no idea what I was doing because right. I think in some respects it was that, that pure desire to, to just, be performing right you know um and uh that i think really helped because my agent even my first agent it was brilliant because you know i made an appointment at this place called jerry lodge talent agency down in the big smoke in vancouver so like an hour's bus ride away um you know i'm 13 and i make a you know i made an appointment for myself totally bullshitted like the agent saying you know oh yeah yeah i have tons of you know, whatever you know and, and i show up for this meeting i actually i told my mom and dad that i was too sick to go to school on the day of like the meeting right. so that was kind of that was kind of my first oscar performance because you know i was like mom dad i don't feel good and you know so off they went to work and then i sprinted for the bus um wow. because i hold a ferris bueller huh Oh yeah, totally. You know, and, and, uh, it was beautiful. Cause you know, I, um, I arrived at Jerry Lodge talent agency in Gastown, Vancouver, three-story walk up, you know, and I get to the top of the stairs and like the thickest cigarette smoke, cause this is when you could still smoke in buildings. Oh yeah. And they literally, and, and this voice that sounded like Marge Simpson's sister, this, <laughs> this haze, right. I hear this like, eh, what do you want? Right. And this was my first agent. Well, little did she know, but her name was Dorothy voice. And uh, I'm like, oh, hi, I'm Matt Hill. And I'm, I'm your 11 o'clock. I'm here to be an actor. Right. And I'll never forget it. She kind of just, she looks at me and she's like, another one. Right. You know, she's like, so, you got any experience, Matt Hill? Right. And I was just like, nope. But, you know, I've, I've wanted to do this my whole life. I've been performing under the streetlight in my, you know, in my hometown, in our cul-de-sac. I, I can sing, I can run, I can, I don't even know if I can act, but I just want to do it. Right. And, and, uh, She's like, well, either I'm delusional or I'm crazy, but I got a feeling about you. And uh, so she said, I'll, 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 t- I'll take you on, but you gotta, you gotta take a course so that you don't let me down, right? Sure. Taking you on, you know, 13 years old. I'm like, oh my God. Like as far as I concerned, it was a done deal, right? Sure. So, uh, right. so I said, you sign me up. I think it was 500 bucks. I didn't have 500 bucks. Yeah. Right. It's 1980. Whatever That's a lot of freaking yeah. money too. It's a lot I mean, of money. Yeah. So my enthusiasm got ahead of me, right? <laughs> I signed up. It was going to start like the following Saturday, you know, it was like learn to act, you know, one-on-one or whatever. Um, you know, Dorothy calls my dad the next day. Um, and you know, because I needed to, I guess I needed to pay for it or whatever. <laughs> and my dad just shut it down. He's just like, my son, his dream is this, but he doesn't know how to finance the stream yet. There's a bit of a disconnect, right? <laughs> and, and it was beautiful because I thought, well, there's my dreams gone. And she said, you know what? I got a feeling about your son, Matt, or about your son. I'm going to front him the money and he wow. can pay me back when he starts working. And uh, she changed my life, guys. Um, that is know, incredible. Three, I mean, yeah. how, what are oh. the odds of that happening? Yeah. So it gives me goosebumps. Yeah. Because it's like, but that's the truth of the journey, right? It's like, because she was honest with me saying, you really don't have any talent, but your enthusiasm is off the charts. So she was like, I can work with that. Right. So she, that's why she said, you got to take this course because you'll shit the bed. And I don't want you to let me down because, you know, I'm, I'm taking you on. I'm taking a big chance on you. Right. right? Yeah. Um, and, and that really like that, that really did change my life because um, 
you know, three weeks after taking the learn to acting program, I auditioned for to play like one of the elves at Santa's display, um, you know, at the Christmas display downtown that we all have in our towns. Right. And so I got to play the lead elf and, you know, and so I even got to do a voice at the same time and, you know, dressing up in this <laughs> elf costume. And it was it was brilliant. You know, I made more money in three weeks than I'd ever made in my entire life. Um, wow. And the, the beautiful thing was I got to pay Dorothy back before Christmas. That's well, maybe awesome. just after Christmas, but you know, so that, that really set me on my course, you know, and uh, like I say, um, the, the only regret I have is I didn't get a chance to thank her fully for the impact that she had before, um, you know, I mean, cause obviously life goes on and whatever, but right. uh, I've always wanted to, you know, I wish I could have like found her, you know, I, I had a feeling she passed away, but, uh, um, or I sorry, I'd heard that she passed away, but, uh, you know, yeah. but every time yeah. I get a gig, I'm like, Dorothy voice, thank you. You changed my life. You know? So, I mean, she's yeah. got to know on some level that that's just oh, incredible. 100%. She, yeah. to see that, I mean, a 13 year old yeah. rushes in your office. Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine well, hearing that story again. That's incredible. She had to see what well, you were capable I mean, I of. I sprinted in because I just, you know, I didn't want to be late either. Right. 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 You know, where the where the bus drops off, like we're we're, you know, we live in Vancouver, it's still easily a couple of K away. Right. So, you know, <laughs> I sprint down to Gastown and you know, was uh, but it was, yeah, I mean, it was uh it was, I guess, like I say, it's destiny colliding with you know, then having to just work your butt off to keep, you know, right. To keep, yeah. You know, re rebuilding yourself, re, you know, rebranding or whatever, like, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, in 30 years, it's, I mean, I've had, I've had a ton of slow times too. Right. And sure. it's just, it's just, it's the nature of the biz as well. Right. But it's, right. it's the moments, you know, where you kind of, you learn, okay, well, how can I change now? Or what do I need to bring more in my game? Right. And right you now yeah, man, this wow. is good. That's incredible. Thanks, We're going to take a quick break from the conversation to jump to commercial, but don't go anywhere more with Matt Hill when we return. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So let's let's focus on then some of these roles that you got as a result of, uh, of that incredible story. Uh, <laughs> first of all, where I first know you from is Captain N, the Game Master. And um, how incredible, because if I read right online, that yep. was one of, if not your first major role. And it was my first. Yeah, it, it was my first sort of bona fide Saturday morning cartoons from, you know, like Universal City down in, you know, Southern yeah. California. Right. So because for me, that was like that was like the golden goose. Right. You know, like I said, when I sat in Point Roberts going like, I want to be an actor. I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be an actor. Holy crap. I'm an actor. Right. Yeah. And, and then, you know, getting to be able to, cause I'm not a gamer. I never, like I never was, but being able to just play a voice and get it to be able to know that I was, you know, when I went over to my buddy's house, when it started airing on Saturday mornings on NBC, mm -hmm. <laughs> cause we didn't have cable. Right. So I was okay. like, okay, I went over to my buddy's house and you know, like, Oh my God, that's me. Right. I mean, I sounded, I was horrible. You guys, 
my voice was, I, my acting was so like, thankfully I got uh, a little bit better, you know, but, uh, man, I just, I just watched an episode of it the other night, you know, getting ready for this. And I was like yeah. enthralled by it still. It just shot me back. Yeah. I, I promise there weren't kids being like, man, his acting isn't up to what it should <laughs> no. be for this. <laughs> we well, loved the, it. You know, we loved it. It was, well, it's the same thing, right? It's, it was, it was such a cool um, confirmation of my, of my choice to take the bus, you know, to my yeah. destiny and my dream, because then being able to like start my life, say being a voice actor, um, it was just, it was, uh, it was, it was one. Yeah. It was amazing. I mean, I, you know, I got to be, I got paid to do voices. I got to hang out with people who were like, like, you know, exceptionally more talented than I am that have like, you know, a billion voices, you know, and, and then, and they even bring you lunch. I mean, I was like, yeah. <laughs> what? what are you going to do? Right. Yeah. Um, How old know? were you uh, when you got that part? Uh, I mean, starting at 13. Bad. Good Lord. Yeah. You had to I mean, young. I, uh, no, I mean, when I got Captain N, I think that was like, oh, was that like 1989? I think 88, 89, something like that. Oh, was it? 80, yeah, 88, 89. So, um, I mean, because before that, I was doing, you know, like radio commercials and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, the sort of like the, the sort of like big one like that, that was, you know, that was my first like you have arrived son. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. Um, and, uh, and it was cool because the studio that we recorded it in, um, is called Little Mountain Sound. And which is also like paramount with like some of the biggest eighties and nineties and well up to today, um, rock and roll bands, right? This like is, Poison yeah. and, you know, um, Def Leppard, ACDC, and, you know, yeah. you know, Motley Crue, all those big albums. Yeah, Those guys were literally recording some of those albums while we were in the studio next door <laughs> making cartoons. So it was no like, you know, and I'm a rocker at heart too. I mean, you know, if I could, if I could have sang better, I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be like David Lee Roth. I wanted to like, you know, and I'm kind of short. So, you know, but, you could probably you know. pull that off, man. <laughs> yeah, you probably could. But it, but it was amazing. Right. Because like at this same moment in time, it was like, I'm total fanboy going, Oh my God, that's freaking Steven Tyler right there. And Holy crap. That's Motley Crue. You know, oh, I remember the guys, cool. you know, the cult were there, like all these like huge bands were recording these huge albums. Right. And, uh, oh. you know, I mean, um, do you remember Thunderstruck from ACDC? Oh yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so like the big bass, you know, like yeah. the, you know, the bass drum, they recorded that in the loading bay of this, like of the studio. And that's how they got the big sound. And so when we were, I think it was season two for captain Nintendo, we had to stop recording because like that, it was bleeding through right because wow. you know, really it's like i sorry guys we'll go you know you gotta shut up because we gotta you know we gotta do this we're gonna do this take for this band and i'm just like oh my God. <laughs> you know? can i watch i had nothing to say i was such an idiot i just was like just like good <laughs> yeah you know? it'd be it, uh, well, who man i think yeah, a lot of people would be yeah yeah so it was it was like a it's really cool because once again it was like you know, we didn't, we didn't become like best friends or anything yet, but it was like a, it was like, we were all doing our craft and it just mm -hmm. happened to be at a magic moment when, you know, sort of all these places and sort of things were colliding in such a good way, That's you know, incredible. And, uh, yeah, you know, so it's, it's, it's been good. I mean, you know, and then Ninja Turtles came along. Right. And, and it's yeah. like, it allowed me to, that was sort of like my first sort of big, you know, I guess, like Hollywood, big budget, you know, film. Sure. And once again, I had no idea how 
actually popular the turtles like the franchise was oh um, yeah you know i mean i knew it was popular but i didn't i didn't really get it till we were filming and you know there's like buckets and lineups of people that are like lined up outside the studio to just come and you know like get a picture with raf and the turtles you know between yeah. takes and stuff and you know um and and for me i felt it was cool because i got to use my love of athletics um you know and so being i mean i'm not a gymnast but um i got to train with um a world-class martial artist and um his name was shashir and he was the one who played michelangelo um who was the uh who is the uh, martial arts um, turtle? Because there's there's okay. three versions of the turtle. Right. Um, you know, I, we were the talkie talkie one, and then there's the martial arts ones, and then there's the stunt guys as well, right? Okay. So, um, you know, and so it was just such a cool world to be to be launched into, you know, to be able to play this iconic character um, that you know, like same thing, art, you know, art imitating life in some respects, but yet then. Um, it wasn't until I went out on the, say the run for one planet tour, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing, kid, you know, I'm going, yo, 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 you know, so-and-so high school, who wants to save the planet with Raphael and sparkly Stephanie, right? And, you know, all these <laughs> teenagers are losing their shit, <laughs> right? Well, pick me, Raph! <laughs> you know? That's awesome. It was, uh, it was the greatest gift. I mean, you know, I mean, to this day, I mean, it's still, I can't believe, I don't even know how many years that is now, like 1993. Two? We did that. Uh, that was what? That was like, the third movie. That would yeah. have been, yes. yeah, ninety two. Yeah. I think three yeah, somewhere in that vicinity. Was, yeah, ninety two, ninety three. Yeah, you know, and and same thing once again. My my life has always sort of collided between athletics stuff and then sort of being able to meet some of my my heroes to then you know say voiceover and acting and then same thing being in a situation where you know like one, you know, look, some of their kids really like Ed, Ed and Eddie, for instance, you know, and, you know, they come up and they're, they're gaga over me going like, dude, your kid, my kid, holy crap. <laughs> you know, and it's like Lou Ferrigno or, you know, and like all these guys. And, um, um, oh, but what I was going to say was at the, at the Turtles premiere, it was like, it, like, again, we're there. And I realized the person sitting in front of me was Alex Van Halen, who's the drummer for Van Halen. Oh, wow. <laughs> and Van Halen, like, I swear to God, if I wasn't going to be an actor, like I said, I was going to go to LA, I was going to start my band. We were, you know, we were going to be huge. Sure. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to get, um, <laughs> there, you know, so, but my, my musical idol was like literally right in front of me at the That's premiere incredible. and, you know, and his two kids. Right. And, you know, I'm such an idiot because I should have tapped him on the shoulder, but whatever. It's yeah. no, Cause I wanted to. Right. But I, yeah. I you know, it's just like, oh, I get God. the reservation though. Yeah. Cause you never know yeah. how somebody's going to react. And then you don't, you're, you know, yeah. doing the show. I mean, yeah. I've become very yeah. afraid to shatter the image I have of somebody. Like what if this person turns out to be a complete asshole, you know, then yeah. there yeah. I am. So sometimes, yeah. I don't know, some questions are best, best left unanswered. Well, you know, and people are people, right? So it's, you yeah. know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, like a few years later, um, I got to do a, a really cool um, hand-drawn animated uh, feature called The Monkey's Tale. And we recorded that in England. And at the premiere of that, um, same thing, music coming back into my life where my hero's in front of me. And it was freaking um, uh, Brian May from Queen. Oh, dude. Oh, Jesus. Who, You're yeah, killing me with I this. Know. Yeah. Him and his, him and his kids, same thing, because they got invited because 
our our movie was part of like a, a chimpanzee, like one of the foundations connected okay. with our movie was I guess Brian May was like the sort of like you know that the head celebrity or whatever on it. So I guess I found that out later. I just okay. thought maybe they got invited, you know, because it's Brian May. Right. right? <laughs> and and so I'm you know I'm walking behind them and I'm going, I'm thinking of the Van Halen incident, right? And I'm going, I can't, I mean, I'm not going to walk up to Brian May and just like, I'm not going to, I'm just, okay, no, it's okay, Matt, go in, watch the movie. Cause it was the premiere, right? So um, thankfully my voice is one of the lead guy. He's like the lead monkey named Calm. And this time we got introduced as our, as our characters. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this is good. Didn't even think anything of it till afterwards. I get a tap on my shoulder, right? We're at planet Hollywood and whatever right where they've we had our party efforts and like i literally it's like i'm like you know turning my neck and it's just like tall person tall person tall person curly hair up <laughs> it's like yeah like the only thing i could say was like you're brian may <laughs> like yeah man hey you did a great job man you made my kids laugh you you just knocked it out of the park playing this this role and wow. and it was I was like, I mean, I didn't hug him, but you know, I would, I was just like, your music has touched me as well since I was a kid, you know? And so like, thank you. Like, thanks for saying that, you know? And and it was beautiful. Right. And you know, um, I've heard a lot of stories about him in particular. It's like, cause he's such a big, I mean, he's huge. Right. Mm -hmm. But he's the kindest dude on the planet. Yeah. And I, I found that sort of like, I think stars who are a lot more secure with obviously themselves, they're a lot freaking cooler because they, you know, because they don't have anything to prove. They're just like, right. There's people, right. Although he did tell the paparazzi to fuck off as they were going, <laughs> I was like, God, I had to laugh. Cause you know, they're in front with his kids. They're like, Brian, come on, Brian, how about a pick? Right. And he's like, fuck off guys. Fuck off. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah. With his kids, you know, so I get that. But yeah. It's like, man, thanks for shit. Let me share these stories. Cause, uh, it's like it's where I realize it's like we're so fortunate to get to do what we get to do, you know. Yeah. Sorry, I, I'm fortunate to get to do too, right? It's uh, you know. So, <clears throat> thanks for choosing to do a podcast, gentlemen. No, thank yeah. again. Thank yeah. you for doing this, and I, yeah. I have to jump backward a little bit. Yes. I wanted yes. to ask you about uh, TMNT, but it it almost sounds stupid after just hearing your Brian May story. Shit, that was awesome. I got chills, and it didn't even happen to me, man. <laughs> Um, but wearing that turtle suit in the third Ninja yes. Turtles film could Hot. not have been easy. It had to have been so heavy. and It was about 104 degrees inside the suit. Jesus. There was a bona fide heat wave in Astoria, or Astoria Oregon, that summer. So it was freaking hotter than the sun, guys. Um, but we, you know, we trained for it. Me and Shashir, um, we, we trained for about six to nine months beforehand. Um, and, uh, it started to feel like after a while, it was just kind of like the natural thing to put on every day. I felt actually naked without my turtle suit on, which is kind of a weird, you know, thing, no, but, it, but it, it. it took about, took about three hours to go from like sort of street clothes to like the full turtle gack. Wow. Um, we got it down to a fine art. My, my dresser was named Evie and she's a rock star, man. But, um, you know, so we would do it in sort of stages and, uh, between takes we would take the head off if we could um because it was yeah i mean this was like and it was 1992 technology too right right so the you know the battery packs were inside the shell and for so the for the, the head was, yeah and the head was like there was we had two heads 
one was so comfortable one was so not <laughs> and, and, and the one that was so not always got had to be used because the one that was really comfortable always for whatever reason just broke so you know graph would be saying a line and all of a sudden like his you know his eyes would like burn, you know, his <laughs> mouth would crib it or whatever nightmare fuel yeah. oh yeah and i'd hear my my puppeteer noel um who's uh, one of the guys from um uh the jim henson group uh-huh. and okay. uh Noelis. Well, he he was the he was the puppeteer for Snuffleupagus on Sesame Street. Wow! Wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's the coolest dude in the world. Um, and uh, so I'd hear I'd hear him in my in my earpiece, kind of you know beyond all these like servos going off and all these like motors turning, and you know I'd hear you know I'd hear like uh, Noel going like you know you know Raff Raff Matt you know go left go left stop 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 right. And, <laughs> <laughs> limited visibility i would assume <laughs> oh we were blind deaf and dumb it was like being a k- kabuki theater you know actor it was like um they finally had to actually after we did our first camera test mm-hmm. <laughs> this was funny it was the first time the turtles the four of us were on this you know the sound stage together all we had to do was just go basically from each corner of the room meet in the middle do a high five and go cowbunga dudes or whatever yeah and right we, we all fucking, we just like completely missed each other. <laughs> you know, Mikey fell into like a pit, you know, like I went through the door, you know, like I think only two of us actually kind of like maybe half, you know, thing. So they made the beautiful decision. They cut a little, they, they sort of cut these slits in the, in the eyeball or not the eyeballs, but like where the them, eyeballs yeah. are. Yeah. They could pull it down so that we could sort of start to navigate and see it's like when you're walking memory have we have anybody ever walked home drunk before oh yeah i haven't but you know when you have to like close one eye yeah we got really used to closing one eye so so you could really sort of see you know where where you needed to navigate to go like looking through a keyhole or something yeah 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 yeah, exactly and you know like i said the body adapts and you know we got uh got really like kind of nimble and you know being able to you know run around on these you know sound stages that are like death traps and you know wow um, it was uh yeah it was it was cool you know say Um, so yeah it was like and it was neat because too that was the last sort of um you know classic turtles film right where they used you know where they used humans inside the the suits um you know and that's the way they should still be doing it if you ask me but you didn't i'm sorry (laughs) well you know what's wild um abc about maybe glasses maybe early 2000s they wrote a two hour it was actually a four hour mini series and it was the turtles 15 years later oh my god so they were all now living you know out in the open in new york you know i think raf had like a you know um a security company you know mikey had like a pizza joint <laughs> and and it, and it was amazing because they you was basically the take on the turtles in, in present day or whatever and they were all you know like young men now right and right. Uh, um and we were just about to go do the fittings um i was about to go to the creature shop in london to um, to get the fittings and we were supposed to start shooting and uh, and then abc pulled the plug on it which is oh. like so disappointing because i that think it is... been, i think it would have been amazing yeah people would have yeah. been all over it i wonder why oh, they no. did pull the plug yeah no i know i know but you know they were on it just you know cgi was starting to just you know light it up right yeah so, and it probably just know. came down to numbers on paper kind of a thing yeah. for them you know yeah probably you know shit, I mean, at least yeah. give us a pilot yeah, jesus i right? know <laughs> well i just thought it would be so cool to just you know jump in the suit again you know oh, yeah and, uh, yeah 
Um, you know, because they did ask me to play Raph um, in the uh, uh, Turtles uh, TV series that was shot here. Next um, Mutation. I, yeah, um, yeah, but I just, yeah, I just was kind of, you know, I, I, I mean, four months in the suit was, it was, it was hot. Four months, um, gee. So man. yeah, but, uh, but then they let me do the voice, so that was awesome. I mean, I, you know, so I thought, okay, me and Raphael, we've had, you know, we've, we've had a. We've, we've had a good moment. Very know? symbiotic relationship. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, so it's looked pretty good. So, you know. so when it came to, I'm very curious <clears throat> about how, uh, you know, voicing one of the turtles, how that goes. Because, you know, I, I was talking with Randy before we started about, you know, <clears throat> when you look at like Star Wars being filmed, you know, when David Prowse was in the Darth Vader outfit, you know, he yeah. was saying his lines and then they would have James Earl Jones dub over them later in, uh, in editing. Finish. But yeah. with the Turtles, yeah. there's that added element of you have a puppeteer working yeah. the mouth. So the mouth, you know, being on on spot with what's being said and then is that all taken yeah. to the studio? How is that done? Yeah, I mean, it's busy. Yes, they, because, you know, on the, on the sound stage, it's like you can't get like record, you know, like um, studio quality. Right. They just right. needed to get alliance. So it was, it was basically sometimes like, uh, Noel would be the one that they, that they would hear on the scratch track, um, or they'd hear, or, or it would be me sort of just depending on sort of where we were, um, filming. Um, and so that's how they got the continuity for the actual film. And then, and then later on, um, I mean, they, I, I was looking for a while, like I was going to get to do Raph for the, you know, for the voice for, for the film. Mm -hmm. um, but then the, the guy who did it um, for the other two, um, I, I, sorry, I can't remember his name, but anyhow, he knocked it out of the park. He decided because it, it, it didn't sound like he was wanting to do the, the third one. So that's mm -hmm. why they were going to give me a shot at it. But then he decided to, to do it. And I mean, you know, you know, yeah, I mean, he's just he's amazing. So, I mean, you know, that's was, Raph, right? You know, that's sure. Was the, was the process, though, from the third movie? And I know you were on different ends of the ratio. You know, in the movie, you were in the suit. In Next Mutation, you were the voice. But yeah. um, as far as the way voice capturing and all that stuff was happening, was it kind of the same experience between Next Mutation and the third movie? Was there any variations in how uh, that was produced? Uh, you mean like in terms of like how then you get the finished product, you mean between like, the... yeah, I just, yeah, just, I mean like how, you know, like you were saying, somebody's delivering lines off camera while I don't know, like, is the puppeteer yeah. have to like say those lines so he can oh, be in sync with what he's doing with his hand. And then you yeah. take that to the studio and then dub over. I'm just curious how that process yes. is done because it seems like it would be very difficult. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, but that's the thing. It, that was where I'm, I'm imagining on, um, sorry on turtles three because they got the scratch track and then when they went in the you know in the studios in in la that's that's exactly what they would have done they would have taken the scratch tracks and then they would have seen the image right so then it's a mm -hmm. full then you're basically making the movie um off of then seeing the images that you've captured and the scratch track is just for timing so with because for the next mutation that's what i got to do with my turtle brothers here they shot it on the soundstage here in town, but then we went to um, we went to Sharp Studios, where it's the same thing. It's a big theater um, where you're watching the movie in front of you, and then the whole room is just mic'd everywhere, and so it's completely like theater quality. It's it's amazing. Wow. So much fun. It's probably similar to how you would dub anime, right? Because I know you've done yeah, a lot of anime. Exactly. Anime. Yeah. Yeah. All it, you know, and yes, yes, it is. Yeah, for sure. Anime is more, you know, smaller studios just because it's usually just one person or whatever. Sure. 
But um, that was the fun thing with doing the Ninja Turtles with the TV series because all four turtles, plus I guess they added the, uh, what's her face? Uh, the, the, the oh, Venus to Milo. Yeah. Venus, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we all got to be there lots together, right? So, okay. you know, so like, especially all the guys, turtles, like all our scenes, it was beautiful because we're all really great friends already anyhow. So, you know, we, we all like, you know, just basically did 44 episodes wow. of like being in, you know, this, on the soundstage and, and just, you know, you know, acting it out, but just also just voicing it out. Right. So it was, sure. uh, it was so much fun. It was, uh, you know, if you yeah. could see off screen here, I have a whole Ninja <laughs> Turtle price station. Oh, set up yes. over here. Like I, I'm oh, a beautiful. diehard fan. I've, I've Is loved someone a big fan of turtles. <laughs> Guilty as charged. <laughs> We're going to jump to another quick commercial break, but don't go anywhere. More with Matt Hill when we return. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Randy, I think, is probably as much into Ed, Ed, and Eddie as I am the Turtles, yes. wouldn't you say? Yeah, uh, so I, like I said earlier, I'm the uh, Toonami yeah. cartoon cartoon generation. My Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. Well, yeah. thank you, gentlemen. Thank you very for your Patreon. I'm just, uh, you know. Thanks for being so cool, dude. This oh, is, uh, I've got so many Ed, Ed, and Eddie questions. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Fire away. All right. So tell me how, you know, you had mentioned earlier about how the process of you getting Ed came about. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, you know, as actors, we, it's always the same process. You get the audition, you get this, you know, you get the script or you get the sides or whatever. For Ed, Ed and Eddie, it was, it was no different in that respect. Usually for a cartoon, um, you know, you might do maybe, I don't know, a couple auditions. And then if you're, if they're getting interested in you, you might do one callback, maybe, maybe two. And then maybe when they're trying to figure out the whole cast, they'll do like one final one with everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ed and Eddie was nothing like I'd ever experienced before. I think we like unofficially, I think we had like eight official auditions and then wow. we probably had like eight official callbacks. Wow. And we, we only knew we were getting closer, sort of, to getting the part maybe when like big swaths of like the cast that they brought in would just not come back for the next round. Like, and we're talking in the same day, right? So we'd go to the studio, right? And and we would have, you know, the scene to do. Um, and we'd get put with all these different actors. So like none of us really knew all except Danny, who's the creator, is the genius of this mm-hmm. thing. He knew what he wanted to hear. And he was like, you know, and like that's why I have so much respect for him because he was not gonna move one section of it forward until he heard what he needed to hear. Um, and so I guess with all these, you know, big auditions with a whole bunch of people, that's why then they finally got it down to, and I think we were on callback number, I don't know, let's just call it number seven. Because it was lucky number seven. Let's go with that. Um, <laughs> and and it was me and Tony and Sam. And then it was the other. And then I think if I remember, there was three other people that I think I can't remember 
that then they had us read together, but then they mixed us all up and then we would do the same thing and read together. And because we'd all gone from, let's, let's say it's like, say 20 people in the room to then just like six, we were like, wow, I think we got this. Maybe we're getting close. Well, no, no, no. That was never like, that was only because, you know, like, oh my God, if you ever met Danny, he's, you know, cause he's just like, he's, he's Italian. Right. So okay. he's passionate. And, it, and I didn't even know what he was saying, but it, apparently he was just like, fuck, what are they going to give me what I need? Like, I need to cast this show. Right. And we had no idea. We just always heard him like, you know, here's or you know, steam and you know, right. stuff like that. No. And go out and have a cigarette and come back and um and then this final day it was it was wild something in me just i was like because we were we knew we were getting close but i was also going like basically going like what do they want like i don't know what like what because you know because like i'd hear danny going like ah he's just not getting it like he's just not they're but not, not giving you like it. any direction on what getting it is. No, you know, make it funnier. Or, or I mean, that was always to get it faster, do it faster. Right? And, and so on this fateful day, and I don't know why I did it. Cause you don't do this as a, as a voice actor. I was like, I went like this and I was like, um, uh, uh excuse my fellas. And, and I'll listen to, you know, I see Danny look up and I see the engineer look up and, uh, and I, and I looked at the mic and I went, <laughs> And you don't blow in the mic, right? And then I tapped the mic. So it was like, so then you heard just this like, you know, big boom, win boom. and then tap, tap. Yeah. I see, I see the engineer going like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. And I like, oh, uh, how do you get water from this thing here? And literally I see, I see Danny go, that's it. Oh my God. And I thought, oh fuck, I'm fired before I even get hired. And literally he was going, that's it. That's Ed. And he literally, if I could, like, it was almost like a cartoon where he was saying to the engineer, tell me you recorded that, <laughs> like that mistake, right? The engineer's like going, yeah, I recorded it. Yeah. You know, and he's looking at me like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and literally, so, so Danny's like, play him, just play it to him, right? So they play it back and it's like, uh, how do you get water from this thing here? And, and Danny was like, that is Ed. Do that and you got the part. Wow. Do that. If you don't do that, you're like, whatever, right? So, like, I knew, I think I knew that I got the part at that moment um, because, you know, then they, then, you know, later on, then we started the first episode. And, um, and for the first 13 episodes, no shit, guys. Every time I got out of Ed, I like Danny, he'd just be like, oh, he's not getting it. Play him the line, <laughs> play him the fucking mistake, right? And uh, so it's beautiful because, you know, the mistake got me the role of my life. Man, that's it was wow. just, amazing. It was, it was awesome. It remained it was, like the pinnacle reference point yeah. for if they thought you were drifting well, away from it. Because I'd be drifting, because then, because now you can see where Danny's vision was so brilliant because all these voices, we all had that same journey into getting the part, right? Because right. he heard it a certain way. And so we did vocal gymnastics to make like to, you know, to get in the zone or whatever. Sure. And it was, it was beautiful because thank God the engineer caught that mistake because, um, because honestly, I don't think I would have been able to sustain Ed that way because as an actor, I, I thought, oh, I need to study more. I like, I need to be more on script. I need to be more. And, and like after the third episode, they're like, what are you doing? Like, that's not Ed. And I'm just like, uh, and then you're getting freaked out, right? Because I'm thinking, 
fuck, I just got a job. Now I'm going to get fired. Yeah. Right. And the, and, and it was beautiful. The only time in my career, the director said, okay, you're the only one, but don't read your script. We don't want you to be prepared. We just want you to be able to come in because that's why Ed, that's why you see him coming in from sideways. Sometimes you see him coming in from the above. You know what I mean? Ed <laughs> yeah. with the wire, right. Cause it's because Ed sold just like, you know, and, and uh, so they wanted him to come off that sort of like, not like it's forced being, sure. you know, like a, you know, a, you know, a bonehead or whatever, but it was beautiful because it, it allowed the writers to, to also write in a way that I just got to play, you know? Um, so they, did and, they <clears throat> oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Did they give you a lot of latitude to ad lib a lot of that? Cause no, it's got that's a, not, not one. And that's, that's the brilliance of the really? show because usually on shows they go like, yeah, just, you know, add some stuff or whatever, like mm -hmm. play around. If we even added a freaking breath <clears throat> where there wasn't supposed to be a breath, Danny would be like, he did a breath. There's not a breath there. <laughs> Right. Gee, or if we added an and, or if we added like something else, he'd be like, are you a writer? Right. It was like, <laughs> well, man, you and sold that so well because a lot of like the, the catchphrases uh, and stuff Ed has just comes 100%. off as so genuine and just like, just off the cuff. 100%. Yeah. And so it was beautiful because they, they, they really allowed me to like, you know, explore within the lines Okay. And it was for all of us, right? And I think that's, like, you know, once again, it's the only show I've ever done, guys, where we very rarely did pickups. Because usually right. on a show, you know, like that, you'll record a whole bunch of shit that then mm -hmm. they might, not shit, but they'll, you know, extra stuff, right? Sure. Um, but then they change it or they make it better or whatever. But to Ed and Nettie, nope. Wow. He wouldn't even let the scene go until, right, you know, um, and, until we got it you know, with what he was, what he was envisioning. Right. Was, uh, That's incredible. Yeah. So I've yeah, got one was... last Ed, Ed and Eddie yeah. question that I, then I'll let <clears throat> Jeremy wrap it up. But uh, do you have a favorite episode? Is there one that kind of stands out from all the ones you've done? <sighs> well, me as a human being, Christmas is my favorite season. Okay. And so for me, I had so much fun doing the Christmas episode. Sure. Um, you know, like the Christmas movie or whatever. Mm -hmm. just, the special, know, like, yeah. When it just literally destroyed the entire, like, you know, inside of the house there, you know, putting up the the lights for, you know, Santa Claus and decorating and all that stuff. <laughs> well, you know, it was, it was beautiful, you know? So, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was some, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's a show that's, like I said, it just keeps some, like I'm doing, I got asked to be um, part of Cameo a, a couple of years ago. Okay. Oh, okay. Is, you know, yeah. So, you know, and, and same thing, the, the, one of the co-founders, Matt Delaney, same like you guys he grew up watching eds right and his favorite was was single d so he's you know i get this email one day going like hey would you you know eds was my favorite show would you join cameo because i think the fans really you know like and i almost deleted it because i was thinking like that's bullshit <laughs> right? and then he emailed me back going like did you get my email like so when i when i phoned him back he's like no i mean eds literally changed my life and you know and um, you know, and so I was like, dude, I'm in. So it's been so such a gift to be able to, you know, like do cameos for, for fans and, right. you know, and it's the same thing. It's being Ed, but it's being able to, you know, wish somebody like a happy birthday or, you know, happy wedding day or, you know, or someone's going through a tough period in their life, you know? And so, you know, they'll be like, I'll get like a request, like, you know, encouraging words from Ed. So I'll just be like, you know, oh, you know, you keep believing in yourself, mister. Okay. And you keep <laughs> kicking your feet towards your dreams. Okay. And, 
life will get better, okay? And remember, savor the moments and have some butter toast and maybe some gravy at the end of the day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's, it's like once again, I get to play and, you know, it's uh, and it's solid very advice too. <laughs> grateful. Well, it's, you know, that scene, that's the beauty of Ed, right? He's, you know, some people might think he's stupid, but I think he's actually one of the smartest guys on the planet. Oh, right. Because he's, he's in touch with his heart. You know, so. Which is what makes the character so uh, en- uh, enduring and so lovable yeah. and likable, you know? Yeah, I feel very grateful. Danny picked me. So every time I see him, I'm like, thanks, Danny. <laughs> like, yeah, awesome, whatever. Man. whatever. <laughs> All right. We've got to jump over and talk about your running. And you've mentioned it a few times, the run for yes. one planet, which yes. is just, I've watched the YouTube videos of it and did some research oh. of it. And holy yeah. shit, man, incredible. A year long run around the perimeter of North America, running a total of 11,000 miles and going through 30 pairs of shoes. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Me and my former partner, Stephanie, uh, who's just a spitfire, um, there's no way I could have done even one step without her. Cause I tell you, uh, I, yeah, so grateful. Yeah. I was on a, I was on a plane to Detroit to an animation convention, um, 2006, I think. And literally I'd been asking, um, you know, how can I give back? I, I knew I'd had this, obviously I was so grateful for my life in cartoons, Sure. And, but there was this gnawing to also be able to give back in a way that, you know, for me, um, one of my childhood heroes, his name is Terry Fox. And um, he was a young Canadian at 21. He lost his leg to cancer um, and then decided two years later to run across Canada on one leg. And uh, so, you know, he changed my life watching him, you know, um, on his what was called the Marathon of Hope. And uh, yeah, over 143 consecutive days, he ran almost 6000 kilometers across our country. Um, wow. and, uh, unfortunately the cancer returned to his leg. And so he had to, um, or sorry, to his lungs and he had to stop his run, but, um, you know, he changed my life and, you know, 40 years later, he's raised almost a billion dollars for cancer research. And, uh, so for me, it was being able to honor that spirit of people who have inspired me to then, I think I've been asking these questions, right. To go like, okay, how can I use my love of running, my love of people, my love of this planet that, you know, was starting to struggle a little bit. And, uh, mm-hmm. and literally that that's the answers came to me, um, you know, on that flight to Detroit. And it was literally like being slapped around in the air. Every time I was like, Oh my God, what? Oh, you know, I'd hear this voice literally going like sit back down Mount Hill. You're going to get the answers on this flight to, you know, these questions you've been asking how you can inspire. And that's I was incredible. like a madman. I literally, it was just like, you know, talk about being connected to the, you know, to the, I guess the heroes, I guess getting called to the journey, I guess. Right. Sure. And, it, uh, you know, so yeah, I've, you know, I basically got these downloads on this flight for this five hour um, journey um, that essentially then were the very early markings of Run for One Planet, which was our, yeah, our run across, around North America. And, um, you know, at the very end, I heard the last thing going, okay, what you just wrote on this flight, share with the person on your left and share with the person on your right, who I had no idea who they were, right? And uh, so I did, I, I shared it with them. And, you know, both were like, Oh my God. Okay. Thanks for sharing. Whatever it's going to be. I think it's going to be like, you know, like we got a good feeling about you sort of thing. Right. And kind of like your agent at 13, like seeing that enthusiasm (laughs) and passion. Yeah. You know, and then, like I say, I had to, I, and I was so scared guys. Cause like, honestly, I I knew this was going to change my life. Cause I was the one who called for it for God's sakes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so like, I knew 
if I chose to go forward, I knew at the end, like at, at the end of that first flight, I knew deep inside, I wanted to invite my gal at the time, Stephanie, um, who's just a rock star. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted her to come along. And so, but it took me three weeks to grab my courage because I, you know, <laughs> typical guy, <laughs> you know, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And Oh God. Oh my God. She's going <laughs> to, you know, I mean, I, I, I doubted myself those three weeks. I was just like, I, I was, pfft. I was like, who's going to be inspired by Matt Hill? And hopefully if your gal comes and, you know, and so I had to go through that sort of a little bit of like questioning period where I had to go into the forest and ask a lot of questions of myself because mm-hmm. I knew it was going to change everything. Right. And, and I knew if I had the courage to ask stuff to come along and build it with me, that it was the same thing. Right. That was, you know, so um, thank God it took me three weeks to finally kind of share it with her because, you know, um, I, I did. And she just went like, Oh my God, you're crazy. Right. And she's like, I love crazy people. So, you know, that was part of the reason we got together, you know? And, uh, right. um, and so we, yeah, we built, we built it over two years and then, uh, and then well over, yeah, about two and a half years. And then we took off and then our, you know, our, our actual, you know, we called it the once around North America, um, was, uh, 369 days. It took, and, uh, you know, and so, so we each ran the marathon. So we, but we, the beautiful thing was, is so the, the tour went forward. Um, so a marathon each a day. So technically it went two marathons, but we split it up into 10 K segments. Okay. So, so that then, so I would typically go out for thing in the morning, do 10 K and then Steph would go out and do 10 K. Then we'd just basically repeat till we both done our marathon. Okay. So that's how, that's how we got to go forward. And, uh, um, I was you know, gonna say a, you'd be like blowing knees out if you were just yeah. running like consistently the whole time, both of you. Like, well, we had yeah. I mean, that's where you know, once again, like angels around us. My, you know, one of my best friends is my chiropractor, um, who you know basically got me back in shape after I got my, you know, I got I got hit and kicked so many times in Ninja Turtles that <laughs> I, you know, I was just like, ding, 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 you know, I was, and then I signed up for for my first Ironman the year that I finished turtles. So I guess that was 94 for Ironman and I couldn't get above 5k and I was like toast. So I was thinking like, how the hell am I going to do this, this thing called Ironman without being able to run more than 5k. And so, you know, I believe God put, you know, Don Grant in my path and um, you know, he, same thing, he changed my life, you know, and, wow. and uh, you know, um, and then he was stick. He, I mean, he, he, yeah. I mean, I've, yeah, he, uh, he helped get us, uh, Cause you know, we, we, we had to train hard for that, you know, but we also I had to train imagine. hard, right. You know, so, so we took, took many people, like we had a team of 30 volunteers from around the world that, uh, you know, same thing just said like, you know, how can we help? Right. You know, and, and that's what continues to blow my mind is all these ways that we always show up for each other. It's like, and when, when people see someone doing something, it lights something inside them to go like, how can I help you with your dream? Right. right? So I, I actually realize now why I was guided or whatever you call it to share this dream that I had hatched at, you know, at 28,000 feet on the plane, right? Because I knew it was going to change my life, but I would, I probably would have chickened out and I probably wouldn't have asked, told Steph right. <clears throat> if I didn't share it with two people who I had no idea who they were right mm-hmm. so my dream of one became sort of like a dream of dream of three 
by way of, you know, sharing what I'd written. Right. But then the real person I had to say, cause I wanted stuff to come. Right. So, you know, and I, I had no idea she would run it with me. You know, I mean, I, we were on a run actually when I finally told her, cause she's like, you're acting so weird this last three weeks. Cause I would like, I literally would just about to go to tell her what I, you know, what I'd experienced on the plane. Mm-hmm. And then I'd check it out. Right. I, uh, so she finally goes like, what's going on with you? Like what, like, right. You know, it's like, okay, do you want to hear? Okay. Here's what I've been working on. It's this run. I, it's like, I want to run around, you know, like I think the planet, you know, and, and, uh, and she just took it in and she's like, you want to run around the planet? I was like, yeah, I want to run. Like I want to run and I want to do this run. And, you know, and I, then I read her what I've written some of the stuff and, you know, and it was beautiful. She's like, wow, you are like, cause I asked her, that's right. I was like, do you think I'm crazy? And she's like, yeah. I think you're totally crazy. <laughs> but I love crazy people. And that was one of the reasons she was with me too. Right. And uh right. And so it was it was beautiful because you know, I'm halfway through that run. And then she goes, Hey, I've been thinking about this run. And um, what do you think if I come along? Right. And I was thinking, like, oh my God, you're gonna drive the van. This is so awesome. <laughs> you know, and she's like, No, stupid, I want to run too. Right? And, you know, I was like, You want to? I mean, it was Ed classic, right? It's just like, You want to run too? <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, it, and it was, yeah, it was brilliant. So, you know, uh, like I say, Kent, it's amazing how I can't believe this was 14 years ago. It's crazy. And I encourage people to, uh, I mean, not only go to your website, which is what matt-hill.com and uh, yes, runforoneplanet.org, because you can check yes, more information out there about it. And also on YouTube, there are videos uh, of your mm. guys's journey, which yeah, yeah, very interesting watches. And it's just incredible to sit and actually think about the distance covered. I mean, it's <laughs> one thing to just say, it. you know, they ran the perimeter of America, but to look at a map, think about how freaking big that is, how long would you say yeah. 369 days i mean I just, it's funny i wanted to go out there for longer i wanted to like i wanted to keep expanding our route because we started to get more traction okay. and but, but we'd already made a decision that you know that we were going to keep it at a year because we also had a uh, finish um at uh one of the greenest expos at that point that was that was here in vancouver mm-hmm. and um so so we were kind of a little bit tied to keeping it at that at that size, but you know, in hindsight, it was perfect. Cause uh, you know, it's, it's still, I mean, there were days where it was just like, Oh my God, this feels so just like, you know, just like butter. Right. right. And then all of a sudden, you know, like someone would try and run us off the road or, um, you know, the RV would break down for like the 18,000th time. And, you know, like everything from, you know, burning, almost burning down at the side of the road. Thank God for the farmer that, uh, you know, had the fire extinguisher pointed in the right direction. And, you know, it was, uh, yeah, it was wild tumbleweeds in like the desert Southwest. Holy crap, man. Those things are big. Literally wow. you can see them coming, but you know, I'm a turtle. We're running so slow, but like literally almost getting taken out by one of these things. It's just like, what the, what? <laughs> you know? but then, yeah. The but visuals then happened, you had to seen on that trip had to have been oh, uh, incredible. Yeah. I mean, I've always believed that, you know, that, that that's the thing. That's for me, it was such a full circle of all the places I ran around in my hometown and oh. dreamed of just continuing to run. Right? right. So it was, it was, it was this beautiful sort of like, uh, I don't know, flow of life energy, I guess. Right. And, you know, path meets purpose, go forward, repeat, you know, um, because that, that's really the, that was probably the only way that we really could have actually done it was to literally take it one step at a time. 
you know, as that's why it became small steps add up for, for, our, you know, for our motto, because, you know, because when we would get too far ahead of ourselves, problems would arise, right? right. You know, you never figure it out. You know, yes, we had our route. Yeah, we had all the, we sort of had the big master plan, but then you kind of got to let go of the plan because, you know, uh, your route changes, your dates change, sure. the weather almost wipes you out, you know, and <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you know, um, and then, but it's just this beautiful sort of like flow line, right. Of, um, you know, that we said, okay, we're going to do this thing. And, you know, we'll, we, we, we always said to each other, once we decided we'd never look back, we'd always look forward. We'd find a way through, we'd have each other's backs and we would, you know, we would, succeed in this in this dream you know and right. uh, um and so it was a yeah yeah we, we even actually got the governor general award of um it's which is a our version of the um of the congressional medal of honor in the civil division um wow. so ours is called the it's called the meritorious service medal and uh you know and it was for um talking to all the kids and the impact that you know that the tour had on inspiring these kids you know because they really were our, they 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 became our you know the wind beneath our feet per se right Right. you know um as 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 soon as we literally figured it out you know and it's so funny because like steph and my cousin who who was with us on the very beginning they were going you gotta use the cartoons matt i was like no fucking way i'm not gonna (laughs) because i didn't want to hoodwink the kids right Right. i didn't want to go like hey kids hey look at this you know blah 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 hey it's uncle raf you know whatever but it was a, a middle school that we were doing early on in the tour thank god it was a middle school because Middle school kids will eat you alive, right? If you're not funny in five seconds, you're dead. Right. And, you know, after like they kind of got over us, like, oh, wow, oh, that's kind of cool. They're, you know, they're, they ran here from Vancouver. Okay, woohoo, whatever. But we were boring. We were, you know, and, and, and we were tanking so bad that like this kid in the, like the back row, it was beautifully, it's just like, this is so boring. Right. And we're just shocked. You know, and and then I see this like fire get lit and stuff, and she's like, and it was wild because I knew this is what's coming because she yep. kept saying we got to use the cartoons. I'm like, no. <laughs> she goes, she goes, hey kid. I know she wanted to say, hey you little shit. And she, goes, <laughs> she goes, she goes, hey kids. Do you guys know that I get to run with a ninja turtle every day, right? And you know, it was perfect. One, I think it was the, the kid that said boring. You know, went like, oh, who is it? Like Splinter or whatever. And she goes, no. I get to run with Raphael. And so I knew it's like, okay, I got to show up. Right. So I was like, Hey, yo, 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 medicine hat, middle school. How you guys doing? It's uncle Raphael. You guys want to help us save the planet. And these kids went from, you know, too cool for school to like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Ah, you know, like pick me, pick me. Right. And, uh, and it's like, yeah, it was like that. It was, uh, but that same thing that changed everything. Cause then we'd found our audience. Right. right? And we, and little did I know all these cartoons that, why did I get chosen to do those? It was because in that moment, it was to be able to fully use what we had in this authentic voice right? <clears throat> to be able to inspire these kids. Right. And uh, so, I mean, uh, like I say, you know, I mean, being like, honestly, being able to, to bust into Raphael and Ed, in America literally saved our ass because <laughs> 2008 was the economic meltdown. Mm-hmm, right? right. So, you know, as you guys know, you were living there too. America was off for sale or not for sale, but you know, in 
so you know we had goals to you know raise a million bucks and you know in america and in and in canada um for our legacy for kids but we you know we literally were seeing we were running through whole towns that were basically in foreclosure right and so we we knew if we were going to impact these kids we had to we had to look at every single child that we got to be in front of as they were the million dollars so we like this we we met them we spent time with them we you know like that we you know it was the greatest gift getting to do these voices and being able to go in and you know i mean even even the big kids there was even a school do we got time for what one more little story absolutely go for it yeah there there was this technical school in um i think it was it was down in houston and all these the the, like the whole um i think it's called this it's called the caesar chavez technical it's like a it's like a school it's like a school system it's like a philosophy school okay where they, they basically it's in all these towns where there's a lot of poverty and a lot of kids don't go to school beyond you know like a, a, a few grades so the whole philosophy of this of these schools is to get these kids to basically get to school every day so that their whole goal is to graduate from grade the seventh grade to then go on to college university and so that's so they run it kind of like a it's almost like a not military college but it's very strict and so we were like here we is we you know we walked into this school it's probably like three thousand kids it was huge and all these kids usually the kids because they knew you know we were coming in from wherever we were coming in from but in this school it was they were polite but they were really very just very kind of like um you know like reserved um, yeah very reserved and I, we were, I remember looking at stuff and we we're like, shit, we're going to, oh, we're going to die. These kids, are, <laughs> they're going to eat us alive. Cause they're not, you know, they're not laughing or whatever. Right. But then we found out later because there's like a certain code that they have to be respectful of speakers and people that are coming in. Mm. And I remember catching the, the principal who had introduced us was like, I guess he was a former NBA guy. We heard about, we heard he was a former player. Um, he's like seven feet eight. Jesus, <laughs> he was huge, and, uh, <laughs> and, and all the kids took their lead from him. So that's when we realized, oh, okay, it's a it's a code thing. So right. we, you know, we 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 busted into the uh, into the into the um, presentation, and then I finally, you know, I went into Ed, and then I busted into Raphael. And, you know, the kids went crazy. But then this seven foot eight, like former NBA player, who's now the principal of the school lost his mind <laughs> he like turned into a 10 year old right he was That's just like oh, so cool. oh, oh, oh this is all oh, right and you know so afterwards the kids you know they all line up to get our autograph and you know sign their arm and you know this and that and then this the biggest kid right this this principal is the last one in the lineup and when when he finally when he gets to me he gives me literally guys the biggest biggest hug and he's got a tear in his eye and he said guys Watching the Ninja Turtles also saved my life. I came from a really, you know, tough neighborhood. The Ninja Turtles helped me to believe in myself, you know, be, be a code that you believe in for yourself. And, and he's like, watching the turtles was the reason then why I chose to be a teacher, which then now I chose. And then, you know, obviously now he runs the school, right? So it, it was like, so he was thanking me for doing this voice of, you know, Raphael or whatever, but yet he's then saying that, you know, these series, they, they literally changed his life as well. Right. And, and wow. so it was, yeah, I mean, I've, and there's like thousands of these, 
kind of moments that we got to have with people, right? That's uh, to me, that was some, that was the magic of it, right? Is, 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 you know, being able to, to like that, have these human moments, you know? And so, um, yeah, never took it for granted. It's amazing how you've taken two of your passions and not only, you know, have exceeded well in them, you know, made them work for you, but then took them both together and make them work for the world around you. It's just incredible, man. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, um, thanks dude. It's, uh, it's, you know, like I said, it's, uh, it's trusting in what it is that our heart is calling us to do. Right. Right. You know, and for you guys, it's like, you're, you know, you guys chose to do this podcast because you're saying, this is what we're going to do right at this section in your life where you went like, you know what, let's team up, let's do this, you know, or sorry, there's like 18 people. That's right. You guys are (laughs) (laughs) hello to all the other people in the control rooms on the other side of the glass. We made them up to feel important. (laughs) As you should, (laughs) but it's, you know, but that's the thing, right? It's like, you guys, you're lighting it up, doing what you're doing and you're inspiring people who are listening to your podcast. Right. Hmm. So it's a, it's like, you know, Oh, you know, so man, it's a, you know, it's a win-win, right. It's yeah. um that, that if I've learned anything in 54 years on the planet, I think that's, um, you know, and especially at this time, and I think in our sort of like current, you know, moment of being human, I think we just really need to be able to get back to being able to be with people, but right. really be with people, you know, and, mm-hmm. and like, and like, listen and, you know, get back to like enjoying just being human again and it's just, just been so much chaos and you know it's uh yeah. i mean it all has it all has purpose but at the same time it's just like you know um i mean i've been deeply asking questions to try and see if i could you know like stay healthy enough to be able to you know do do another set of marathons to you know to even revisit some of the schools that we went to just to you know just to just to figure out a way to do a you know a 2.0 and you know because for me, that's where I still feel as called to do this work as I ever have, you know, um, it's, uh, you know, so, so we'll see, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like, I say, I'm, I'm staying in shape and, and, you know, I mean, I'm definitely slow, but whatever. (laughs) But that, but that fire in you, that, that enthusiasm is still burning as bright as it ever has. It sounds like hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I guess, I guess for me, I just know, you know, it took us so much to just get that first one off the ground. And I had Steph as my co-founder, you know, who's just so smart and I'm, you know, I'm not, not smart, but I'm, you know, she's smart in ways that like, I, there's so many things I didn't even think of. Right. You know, I was just like, well, let's just, you know, we just run, we could just run a lot, (laughs) you know, it's just complicated. Just run. You know, you know. But I guess in a way too, that's the that's the simplicity, but that's also the the brilliance of it too, right? Because right. you know, sometimes it is that simple. But it, you know, you just find another way to be able to you know, like that, be able to reach out to people, you know, and stuff. So, um, so don't think I don't take this as like that's why I'm, I'm so sorry I was late, guys. I just like, oh stop it, no, man. Don't worry about you know, it. It's no big you deal. Know, you guys have made my weekend, man. Thank you man, so much. You've made our uh, you've yeah. made our weekend. Thank uh, you. This has been a blast, uh, and um, I just hope you have a happy Thanksgiving, and I hope you can come back on the show sometime. You ask, I'll be there 100 all the time. Awesome. Oh, actually, yeah, because my book's going to be finished uh, in the next few months too. So, um, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I forgot to tell you. Yeah, yeah, I've been scribing a book about my. Big basically this journey. So it's like some of the stories that I shared with you guys are, you know, some of the stuff in the life lessons. And uh, it's basically called lessons. My feet taught me being a voice for change. 
So that's awesome. Well, let's uh, let's yeah, set it well, up, man. Let's get you back yeah. on when that's out, and we'll uh, help promote it and talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we'd love to get you on, man. That'd be great. I'll even send you guys some copies. That'd be great. Oh, oh. now we're talking. <laughs> I'd be very interested. Hundred so. percent. Um, and Merry Christmas too. I mean, I know um, yeah. we got to go through Thanksgiving first, but uh, you know, um, but uh, have a wonderful, uh, beautiful time with your families. You Dude, too, man. Thank you so man, much. Thank yeah. you so much for all oh, your time. It's been fantastic. My pleasure, gentlemen. Hundred percent. All right, everyone, and there it was, our conversation with Matt Hill. What a nice dude. Yeah, it was a blast talking to him. Such an honor. Just a good giving guy, too. You know, like I was saying earlier, you know, not only successfully becoming an actor, not only successfully, like, becoming, like, a marathon runner, but then Mm -hmm. using these things together to inspire people and try to make a difference with children and uh, with the environment and stuff. So just a cool guy all around. Yeah, we really appreciate his time, and I can't wait to talk to him again. We're definitely going to get him back. But in the meantime, be sure you check him out. Go to matt-hill.com and uh, runforoneplanet.org. That's where you're going to find out the most about him. And he's also on Instagram at matthill underscore inspire and on Twitter at matthillinspire. And I think that's going to do it for this week. So once again, big thank you to uh, Matt. Big thank you to Harold and Bethany Daniel again for the commercial that they did for us at the top of the episode. So very sweet of them both. And with that, Randy, what do we have on the website, sir? Go to canairpodcast.com where you can listen, like, subscribe. And uh, if you want to come on and hang out, send us a uh, submission on our contacts page. Damn straight. And you can uh, find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you want to show some support on the website, Randy was just telling you about CandairPodcast.com, a merch tab where you can buy T-shirts, stickers, mugs, and there's got to be other stuff. I need to find better examples than, than just listing <laughs> Canned Air underwear. Well, not that. <laughs> Who knows? It could be on there and Jack know. just not telling us. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but then our Patreon page, where for 5 to $10 a month, gets you access to hours and hours and hours of extra content. The Candare Patreon pod, which has kind of uh, been encompassing some of the favorite things we've been doing mm-hmm. lately of mine, would be the uh, You'll Never Believe What Happened episodes, where we all get behind the mic and tell a story from our past where the others might find it a little hard to believe. Not Maybe not quite all of them, but so, most of them. Or some of us, how lame you are, but you know. <laughs> but they've become my favorite episodes to do and I would never put them out uh, free for anyone to hear (laughs) the only way I'm doing that you're hearing those if I'm getting paid son Uh, what else is on there the traumatic episode radio theaters a few episodes of the comic vault Candare classics all kinds of stuff people and if you uh, want to support the show but can't do it financially then just whatever podcast player you're listening to us on leave a review because it helps so much. It really does. Randy, what else we got? Uh, ch- again, check us out on evergreenpodcast.com. Yes, the, the wonderful, wonderful network that uh, We're proud supports to be a part us. Of. I'm very proud to be a part of. And I we say that every week, and I hope it doesn't lose meaning, because very, very happy to be with Evergreen. And I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. So we thank you all for listening. Thank you once again, Matt Hill, for being here. And until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. Be excellent to each other, everyone.
Jimmy, the pond's frozen. Watch me ice skate. Wait, come back. The ice could break. Whoops. Help. Quickly walk back to the edge. Stop, you'll break through the ice. Snow job. Grab this branch. You should have been listening to canned air. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Snow job, how'd you get your name? Um. G.I. Joe. This has been a canned air production. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.